0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Lucky Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Mercedes and Micah. And today we have a soon to be mama of a kiddo with Down syndrome. She's here to share her experience of being pregnant during COVID-19 and learning her baby has Down syndrome. Thank you for joining us, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few podcast.
1: Our sponsor this week is Jonas Paul eyewear. They are on a mission to help kids feel beautiful and confident in their glasses. With at-home try-on kits that cost only a dollar and prescription glasses starting at $79, including prescription lenses, Jonas Paul eyewear is the place to go for glasses for your child and your teen. Visit jonaspauleyewear.com to learn more.
0: Um, okay. 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 So great that we're going to have Abby Green on, because I had Brave, who you hear right now, December, so before COVID, and it was hard enough getting me to appointments then. I felt like life was hard enough being pregnant, and now this is interesting, adding a pandemic to that, so now you have to be super cautious, and then also adding in finding out your child has a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is
2: the, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Abby today. And I think this is so cool that she is up for talking and is already like jumping into our Down syndrome community. Uh, uh, Even right now, she is 37 weeks pregnant when, as we are recording this. So I, I wanted to chat before we bring her on about just, you know, a little, what, what it was like for me to receive my prenatal diagnosis mm-hmm. and Mercedes for you, just that those experiences of being pregnant and waiting for like going in and the tests and is your baby healthy? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. To want your baby to be healthy? Right. All of those. It's, it's also tricky, mm-hmm. especially for those of us in the, the differently abled community because we love people with different abilities uh-huh. and at the same time being pregnant and going in and and having that longing for everything to be typical everything to fall into
0: place
3: mm-hmm. but
0: what's that feeling like for you when you've been pregnant Mercedes Ooh, I felt like when you were saying that and this probably goes to like a theology question but I, all I could think of is that interesting Factor of, and I hope this isn't offensive, but when you were saying this, I'm like, oh, there is such a tug of feeling your like your child with Down syndrome. You are so blessed to have them in your life, and you're blessed by Down syndrome. But that tension of when you have a baby in your belly and you go to find out, you don't. Uh, I wouldn't say wish that upon them, but you don't know. You don't. I don't even know how to say it. You go in. You want bit. everything
2: to, to be easy, everything
0: to be yes. smooth, everything to be safe. I know. And isn't that, that's kind of, um, I feel like what you're saying is that is like a tug. It's almost like you feel guilty for feeling that. Yeah. And you want to know, is that wrong or right? And then that whole thing, is your baby healthy or not? What does that mean? Um, I know with having our fourth, Sunflower's our oldest, having our fourth child, I wanted brave to have all his parts functioning as they should be. And I did have that sting of fear, like who oh, could I handle anything more than uh, finding out that he's a healthy child. That, and what that means is mentally healthy, physically healthy, uh, heart working, all the organs working I think that's when we think of healthy, I feel like that's what we want for our child and pray for our child with also holding and knowing that if that wasn't the case, we'd be okay and grief and complete admiration and love are in the same, in the same hand. You're holding both in you. So I, that's like a, it's an interesting tug being seven years in not changing sunflower for anything and then having our fourth baby and again, starting with a brand new life and feeling like I, I do want you to be whole in all those senses, mm, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I will love you no matter what too. Right.
2: It's a complicated feeling. It is. I, after ACE was born, I wrote this article that was called as long as the baby's healthy, but what if he's not? Mm-hmm. And it was just about how, how, Difficult it was to have ACEs prenatal diagnosis and then to go through life and feel like that diagnosis was sacred to me. Like I didn't, I was not blurting it out to the stranger behind the cash register. Mm -hmm. And so I had the close friends who were walking with me through it and letting me grieve and do what I needed to do with what I had received. But I wasn't just going to tell the mom at the park that when she was like, Oh, how's the pregnancy going that like, well, you know, two weeks ago, I found out my, my baby's going to have down syndrome. And tomorrow I go in for my echocardiogram to see if he needs open heart surgery, you know, like, but everyone wants you to be happy about your pregnancy and they want small talk.
0: Yes. And And you can't hold their emotion, their reaction. You're so fragile yourself. You can't hold the reaction because the norm is not positive.
2: Right. Right. And how many times I would, because I was always trying to keep it pleasant, you know, be like, Oh, it's my third. And I found out I'm having a third boy. And so I would just kind of like default to that. And then people would say like, without a doubt, every time, Oh, well, all that matters is that the baby's healthy, right? Oh, Yes. All that matters. And I started to, I I would just walk away from those conversations and be like, you're freaking wrong. You're freaking Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm.
0: That is not all that matters. Mm -hmm. It can't be all that matters. It can't because that's not my story and that's not so many stories. So that can't be all that matters. Absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm. And there, you know, I went to that echocardiogram and Ace's heart was okay. Mm -hmm. And, but that's Did not mean that that was all that mattered. You know, like there was, there was so much we were, we were holding and working through. And, and that's not to say that small talk is bad or something, but when you are in that like fragile place of being pregnant and holding that diagnosis, it is, everything is heavy and it's so hard to, um, have to, have to navigate. How do you talk about that pregnancy with people?
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like we're in a season as a nation of being woke. Okay. So Mm -hmm. now we, this is another one. I have been seeing a lot of like path going around on social media of like not asking women when they're going to have the next baby. Cause Mm -hmm. maybe they struggle with infertility. Maybe they just had a miscarriage. Um, And it's the same thing almost with now a woman is pregnant And just, what are you blurting out? What kind of conversation are you having? Are you being sensitive now? It's hard to be sensitive to all the things I see how it can be hard, but I think we were being called in this time in our history to think before we speak and like a phrase like that, well, all that matters is the baby is healthy is now it's, it's just not all that matters. It's just not true. Right. So don't say it (laughs) like choose a different thing. Like try, you know? Right.
2: Attention. Attention, <laughs> everyone. Don't <laughs> say it. Say something different. <laughs> something different. <laughs> All that matters is that you love your baby. All That's that a- matters is that you look great today. <laughs> All that matters is every human is wonderful and a miracle. Yes.
0: Oh, I love that. That's what you will you will say now. How do we get better okay. to the world?
2: <laughs> let's, well, let's make a t-shirt. We'll get Heather on it. Heather, where are you?
0: Make a shirt. She's
2: not here today, but she'll make a shirt. Okay, well, without further ado, let's get started. We are so excited to introduce you all to our friend, Abby Green, who is a fellow lucky mama getting ready to give birth to a child with Down syndrome. And this is our first time to have a mama who is pregnant with a baby with Down syndrome on our show. So thank you so much for being here, Abby. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I didn't realize I was the first one to be pregnant. This is exciting for me.
2: It it is. We're paving new ground here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Abby, we're, we're so happy you're here. Before we get started, can you just introduce yourself a little bit more? Who are you? What do you do? Where you're from?
3: Tell us all the things about yourself. Sure. So I'm Abby Green, as you lovely ladies led on to in the beginning. <laughs> I live in Madison, Wisconsin. So any Midwesterners, I know you guys are over there on the West Coast, but it's beautiful over here right it's now. Beautiful in the Midwest. <laughs> I know you guys like Iowa. I remember listening to one of your podcasts all about Iowa. Yes, Heather
2: loves it. Yeah. She's got the people <laughs> in Iowa. She's got her people
3: there. I thought that was so funny, but, um, by day. I'm a corporate wellness consultant. So that's actually where I met my husband 10 years ago. So my husband, Colin, we still work at the same place that we met and Cute. he is amazing. HR nightmare, most likely for those first couple of months, but it worked out pretty well. <laughs> and then we have our Lucy. She's our first, she's four years old and she's literally a mini version of me, Aww. which is both humbling. Um, and I have so much more appreciation for my parents after raising such a stubborn, (laughs) strong-willed yet amazing child. And then we also have a Micah. So different spelling and he's our son. So a little bit different, but he's two and he's just the snuggliest kid. The biggest heart. We're just, we just love him so much. He's only going to be our baby for a few more days pretty much here. I know. So I'm definitely soaking in all, all two and a half years of him right now. And then our third baby. So we nicknamed this baby Green Bean 3.0. So our little green bean (laughs) is due any any day, any week now. Um, And we're really excited. We're really excited, but it took a long journey as you guys were going through your intro and like all of those thoughts, all of those comments, they just are coming back and flooding my mind right now Mm. because that was such a reality for so many weeks and so many months. And I just think that the population doesn't know what to say. We're going through so much in our world right now and just lending light to the fact of the things to say, the things not to say, it's just such a, we have such a podium to be able to bring Mm -hmm. those to light.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, Abby. So I kind of wanted to dive right in and ask you, what was it like to receive your child's Down syndrome diagnosis in the middle of a global pandemic?
3: You even just saying that (laughs) brings me back to those, to those days and 2020, it's been hard on everyone. So like, it's been a really, really hard year on everyone. And I like to think of it, that we're all in this big storm, but we're just all in different ships. Like everyone has a different struggle, a different challenge. And my challenge happened to be getting pregnant, being pregnant and getting a really difficult diagnosis without my husband in the middle of a pandemic so there's a lot of factors there at play Um, luckily i'm a pretty positive person being positive doesn't mean being happy all the time It just knows that tough things can happen and that we're going to get through them but i just think back to the start of 2020 when it was like new new year new decade new you like all these new goals we were so excited and then it was like four days in and i started getting pregnancy nausea and i'm one of those lucky people who i get nausea all day for like 20 weeks. So it didn't stop for a
0: really long time. Um,
3: I also am a podcast host and our podcast launched at the beginning of January. So it was a really exciting time to be (laughs) launching a podcast while being pregnant. (laughs) This was before the pandemic happened, but then COVID hit. And I remember it was March 11th. I'm in a traveling sales career So we got a, an email saying, Hey, cancel all your trips. Like this might be just a couple of weeks of you not traveling. And at first it was, that was the hardest thing that I was going through. I like lost my identity for 13 years. I was in a traveling sales career between two different jobs and I just didn't know who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I also didn't have that downtime. So I was usually gone like one or two nights a week and had all the time in the world on airplanes and I wasn't getting that anymore. So it was a really hard just change of being around my husband and my children and dishes and laundry all the time, uh, which can be beautiful. And now it's beautiful. Now I can never imagine traveling (laughs) as much as I did before, but it was a lot to take in all at once. And then we had our 20 week anatomy scan. So it's our third pregnancy. We have two other kiddos I mentioned before. So it wasn't as big of a deal that Colin couldn't come, but it was still a pretty big deal. And my heart just goes out to all the women listening who maybe this is your first pregnancy or this is your first time going through it because these are really big moments. You kind of feel like you're being robbed of all these opportunities when you don't get that standard experience. But for us, we, I showed up, when I say we, it's me and Green Bean. We, we showed up for the 20-week anatomy scan it took a really long time. So I remember being like, gosh, it's only been two years since I've had this done, but this is taking a really long time. And the ultrasound tech kept leaving and coming back Mm -hmm. and then leaving and having to say, oh, I just need to check the brain one last time. And then she'd leave again for a while and come back. Oh, just something on the heart and she's so peppy, so happy. And they can't say anything in their role. And I don't blame her at all, but didn't allude to the fact whatsoever that we were having some pretty serious issues at that time. And Micah, you might be thinking back to your diagnosis yeah. too, it might be a similar story yeah, there. Absolutely. And Colin wasn't there. So like that was the hard mm-hmm. part. I was in a mask. Everyone was in a mask. Mm-hmm. And we got to the end, and all of a sudden, four or five people walked in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is different. Like 2020. Wow, they really uh, up their game with these doctors. Everyone just comes <laughs> in at the end here. And I remember this so well, because one thing people kept asking was, oh, are you going to find out if you're having a boy or a girl? And we never have. And this wasn't going to change anything with um, this last pregnancy. So we're like, nope, we're not going to find out. But what we did find out that day was so much more. Hmm. Um, and as these doctors were wearing the masks and the shields, I couldn't even tell who was talking like Mm. it was just so distant. They were all six feet apart. I kept on like looking back and forth and they mentioned that our baby had a brain cyst, a heart condition and blood in their bowels. And then a quick pause, which seemed like 10 minutes, of course, when you're going through it alone, Um, possible chromosomal abnormalities. And it was just like all of these multiple syllable words, all of these conditions that I had never experienced before. Um, all of our other pregnancies had been really easy, like one or two ultrasounds per, sure. per pregnancy. And this was obviously gonna be quite different. Um, the next couple of hours, we were like walking in again, just me and the baby, because Colin couldn't be there, walking from doctor to nurse to genetic counselor to tech, like I was just shuffling all these rooms. I honestly probably only gathered about 5% of the information because I was just so distraught. My husband kept on being like, hey, are you coming home? And I'm like, can you come here? I wish you could just be here right now because it was just too much to take in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's kind of how it started, and they we they asked what tests we wanted to do. We hadn't done any genetic testing up till that point with any of our babies, this one included, and we booked the echocardiogram and amniocentesis for a week later. They wanted to do it that day because of COVID, and going back and forth from the hospital wasn't ideal, but we booked it for a week later, and I went home just bawling the entire car ride home. Um, the amniocentesis and Micah, in your story, did you, did you go through the amnio? I
2: didn't, I ended up doing the blood test. So Mm -hmm. I never had a, like, you know, they were like, this is 98% sure. So I kind of knew going into the birth that there was that 2% chance that Down syndrome wouldn't be there. But yeah, the amnio scared me and I'm sure it was scary for you too.
3: Yeah, it was it was super scary, especially when they weigh all the risks and yeah. how you're going to recover, and just all those pieces. And again, my husband couldn't be there for the amniocentesis, so when I mm. went in for the amnio, uh, I knew there was going to be a really long needle. I knew there was that small mm. percentage of something happening to the baby, and I will never forget this. But right, right when they were about to put the needle in, and I'm sitting there like bawling, like uncontrollably, I can't. I couldn't even concentrate, couldn't stay still whatsoever. This woman named Barb walked in and I later found out that Barb was like the head of the entire program at the hospital Mm -hmm. we were at, but she took the 10 minutes to just sit with me and hold my hand Uh and just like feeling that warmth, like even through a rubber glove, yes, uh, just feeling that warmth of like another human being. I hadn't like touched anybody, any other human for a while because of COVID-19. So just feeling her warmth like put me at ease immediately. I, I borderline passed out during the procedure just because there had been so much going on. Yeah. Um, and they got, they got everything they needed right away. In one swoop, they said everything looked really, really good. But then the recovery from it was just a lot of emotional pain. Mm. And I think that brought on like just the physical, like you feel like you get kicked in the gut. So anyone listening who has had that amnio, it's like you get kicked with a cleat right in the gut for a couple of days. Um, and the amnio results came back about a week later. And that's when we found, found out that we were going to have a baby that had more chromosomes than our other two kids, (laughs) just as much love, but was going to be definitely special and definitely different.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about the, the emotions you felt just around like the confirmation of that diagnosis and how you worked? And obviously, I mean, still working through the grief. I feel like there are moments where five years into ACE's life, I step back and go, my kid has down syndrome. Like, you know, there's just, there's all, there are moments that it can just overwhelm you. But I know those early days, I would, I would grieve. Then I would be like, I got this. We got this. We're, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. And
3: then I would cry again.
2: Like, how's that process look like for you?
3: yeah that sounds very very similar um we got the information we got a phone call it was like a thursday thursday afternoon i remember it so well she called and i was taking a nap and woke up to a voicemail and it was it was a kind of a scary sounding voicemail like i there was a little bit of nervousness in her voice which made me just run down luckily with covid my husband and i work like 10 feet apart so ran into his office and we called her back together and she got right to the point um, got right to the point that we were going to have a baby with Down syndrome. And we were saying the word okay, like probably 75 times, like, okay, okay, okay we can do this, okay, okay. Yeah. And we were searching my husband's eyes for this, like, reassurance because I did not have it inside of me. I didn't have that reassur- reassurance, and I needed it from somebody, and he was my person.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And he was so strong. Like, right away, I looked at him, and he had that reassurance, he had that strength, he had what I needed to get through that phone call and the phone call was hard. She let us know that there was going to be books waiting for us and to set us up with a phone call. And she mentioned all these organizations. Again, I couldn't hear anything that she was saying. All I knew was our baby was going to have down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we hung up, like my husband, and I just held each other and we just cried. Mm -hmm. And the next couple of days we both grieve very differently. We have luckily never been through really, really tough news like that before in our relationship. So where I just like stared at a wall for like six hours the next day, he wanted to talk to people and have those conversations. And um, I did text one of my best friends, Amy, and my mom right away, just like a real quick, our baby has Down syndrome. It was, it was just so much. There was so much all at once. Yeah. And,
2: and you obviously have found your way into our Down syndrome community. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that journey and what kind of drove you into uh, finding us and how you found us? <laughs> I know.
3: That's been the most magical part of all of this, honestly, Mercedes and Micah, is I never knew I wanted to be part of this club.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it was
3: not a club that I wanted VIP access to. To be part of the lucky few to have a child with Down syndrome and to share these moments and memories and victories and struggles. But the support that I've received from women like you and men and women, but just women and mothers across the nation, especially during COVID 19, where you don't see people in real life, yeah. has been just overwhelmingly beautiful. Mm. I mean, it really just shows that like God has a purpose for this and he has a path and the little things that we were doing all along the way, were just building this path. So with the podcast community that we had created starting in January, followed by just the connections that we were making on Instagram, like all of these pieces pulled together and I'm like, I, it's not just that we're impacting others like they were the net that really caught us when we needed to be caught. And in those couple of days following our diagnosis, um, I did reach out to a few of the women who I'd met along the way. And when we found out that there's a possibility of our baby having Down syndrome, um, just right away connected with a few. And a few of them said, hey, I recommend like giving yourself time to grieve, give yourself time to think about this. But if you hold on to it for too long, especially with mm-hmm. my personality, I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people, I like being around people. It's hard to hold on to that information. Mm-hmm. So let it out if it feels good to let it out and have that be part of that first step. So it was only probably like five or six days in that I let the Instagram world know, my text message chain know, my email list at work know that we were gonna have a baby with Down syndrome. And it was scary to write those words. It probably took me like hours (laughs) to write those words, but that was the catalyst to really make everything just feel so much better.
0: Mm. I wanted to ask, cause I'm sure we have listeners who have had experience or are going to, if they're pregnant, have you talked to your kiddos about, it? I know they're young, what approach you took or how it went. And I know they're young, so it might've been real simple, but if that's a worthwhile question.
3: It is. So our, um, our Micah, who's two and a half and who's a boy, he doesn't understand anything. He like wants to lift up my shirt and show all of his friends that I have this big old belly. But our daughter Lucy is very intuitive and she also asks like the absolute best questions. So when you were talking at the beginning about wanting a healthy child and like all the the conversation around healthy and health, one of the things that we brought up right at the beginning was, oh, did did our baby not wash his or her hands? Like, Mm -hmm. is that why our baby isn't healthy so it was a really hard conversation to have right away on no our baby our baby doesn't have coronavirus our baby has down syndrome and then the other questions that she brought up were will our baby always have down syndrome like do you and dad have down syndrome so it was a really interesting conversation and just good for us to kind of learn too that some babies are born with down syndrome and if you're born with down syndrome you'll always have down syndrome some babies are born with blue eyes and those babies might always have blue eyes. You know, some, some babies are born with dark skin and they'll always have dark skin. So just learning that some things won't change and that our baby who is born with Down syndrome also won't change. But there's a lot of, there's so many good books out there that we've been reading. um, That's been just so much fun to be able to go through that part of it with her. That's really
2: cool. I, when I got my diagnosis, I had a in the writing community with me who has um, two daughters with Down syndrome and she sent me um, We'll Paint the Octopus Red. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That's our, one of our favorites. Yes, and, um, and, you know, it was tricky for us because we had that 98% chance. And right as we had gotten that blood test, an article came out somewhere that was like, oh, these blood tests are maybe even less accurate than they claim. And so then I felt like, I don't know if I should tell the kids, like, I don't know how much to prep them and how much not to. And so we had that book and I just was like, look, a new book. And we just kept reading it. And we didn't have the conversation that our baby would have Down syndrome with them. But it was just a book about Down syndrome and this sister having a a baby brother with Down syndrome. And so when ACE was born with Down syndrome, we came home and that was when we were able to be like, remember that book? Our baby has Down syndrome. And our kids were like, Down syndrome? (laughs) Down syndrome? And, but that was, that was a, it worked out even though it felt kind of tricky how to, how much to share with them, how much to prepare them and whether or not it,
3: made sense to tell them ahead of time. It is. And it's harder for us as parents though, than it is for the kids. Like Lucy yes. doesn't think of it as a scary thing. Right. Lucy doesn't think of it as something that's, that could be deemed as negative and the rest of our society, there's definitely negative connotations associated yes. with Down syndrome. Yes. So it's so, so interesting. And we'll have people always ask, Oh, are you having a little sister or are you having a little brother? And she'll always say, We don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but if it's a boy, it'll always be a boy. And if it, and our baby's going to be born with Down syndrome and we'll always have Down syndrome. So right away, like the whole public always knows right away. um, She really, really wants a sister. So we have to let her know if it's a boy, it's always going to be a boy. It's not going to change. (laughs)
0: That's so great. I love that.
3: And can you
2: kind of tell us, Abby, just as someone in the middle of this, um, if there are other listeners out there, which we hope there are, who are in your boat, who have recently gotten a diagnosis and are kind of trying to navigate, what is what has what has been life giving to you right now in this season? What what is your encouragement for those other mamas who are going through the same thing as you?
3: Oh, so depending on when you received your news, if it was really really recent know that every single feeling you're having right now is totally valid. Like every dark thought, bright thought, every worry, every fear, everything is valid and chances that we have all been through those same types of thoughts. Like we have, like we've had those two same types of thoughts. You're not, not a bad person. You're not a bad mother. All of those feelings are valid, but to really feel them and to work through your emotions is going to help the situation so much more than just covering it up and pretending that it's not there. Yes. And I really like the thought of having metaphorical buckets. So there are going to be things that people say that aren't going to be helpful. There's going to be information that you take in that's going to be awesome. So I literally had little buckets and I can like imagine my buckets right now of the never for me bucket. I just, I'm just going to throw some things over there. Like the things that people say of, are you sure this baby has Down syndrome after our 55th echocardiogram? Yep, right. yep, I'm sure. I'm just going to put that in this bucket. That's not going to help. Right, right. The, I'm going to save for later bucket. And then the, I'm going to have this at my fingertips to pull out every single day bucket. Mm-hmm. And really just having them be separate, it makes it so much easier when you're taking in so much information there at the beginning.
0: I love that because I want to give you also encouragement that babies with down syndrome are the cutest Cutest. mushiest love buggiest babies oh my gosh
2: i just have to say like that low muscle tone snuggle of a newborn baby with low muscle tone there's nothing like it in the world and sometimes i just sit back and imagine what it felt like oh my gosh so happy, that you ladies
3: for you, are saying. Abby. That. I love Aww. that you ladies are saying that because I have no idea. Like I'm not on the other side like you are. Like I'm still I on know. the total unknown. We don't even know anybody with who has Down syndrome. Like, mm. and because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to even meet people in person. Right. So it's just such it's it's so foreign to us right now. So we're gonna experience it literally for the first time in our own home. Most likely alone because of COVID-19, we can't really have grandparents around or (laughs) a whole bunch of family either. So it's going to be, it's going to be really, really special.
0: It is going to be special. And it's neat that you get to go in already a little bit mentally ahead by making these connections, you know, being off the podcasts and using social media to make the connections and ask us mamas anything and your child if you and your child want to breastfeed you guys can breastfeed like all these things like you can and you can reach out to this community and ask questions and help and oh, we're, we're all about it. We love all that kind of stuff. We are
2: here for it. Yes. <laughs> and we will tell you all our stories. Yes. Ace was like the sleepiest newborn. And so he had to put um, frozen peas on his toes to wake him up to get him to to breastfeed. So so many things, but we're here to tell you all of it.
3: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Those are, those are all the questions I'm like, wait, can I even can I still breastfeed this baby? I breastfed my other kids for 14 months. Like, will that part be different? Right now we just found out that baby's head up. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like one one more thing that has to be different totally. this pregnancy. So
1: totally. <laughs> we're
3: going through all the conversations of, well, I need a C-section. Will they try to flip the baby? So everything's just been different. It's a really good learning lesson that God and children make their own plans even before yes. these babies come into our arms. And yes. for the type A person in me, that is not easy, but I'm learning slowly. Yes. yes.
2: And you have everything you need. It's hard <laughs> yeah. and hard as Heather says, hard is not bad. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. It's just and hard. we can do this. You have everything mm-hmm. you need to be the mom you need to be to your baby.
3: You're so encouraging. Um, I love that. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Abby, tell us where our listeners can find you. Tell us about your podcast and what
3: your Instagram handle is and all the things online. Mm hmm. So you can find me over on Instagram at Abby Rose Green. So ABBY Rose and then green like the color. And it's always my promise just to share the journey over there. So every part that we talked about today and more is over on that Instagram page. I'm very, very open and honest about the struggles, but also about the victories And then also the Herself Podcast. So I mentioned Mm -hmm. Amy at the beginning. She was one of the first people that I told just right away in those first few minutes. Amy and I host the Herself Podcast, and we just really take a deeper dive into all the issues and just the amazing things that we face as women to get us a couple steps further than we are today. So really ditching the comparison game and just getting ahead in whatever that looks like for each individual person. And I just love it. Like the building of all these networks, it's just, it's made this path so much easier. It's lit lights that we never knew could be there. And I just am so appreciative of the Lucky Few community. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. not have found it without having the podcast and the Instagram account.
2: We're so happy that you found us Mm -hmm. and we're excited to follow your journey and to be part of your life and your baby's life. Thank you for being here with us, Abby. Thank you for being brave enough to share your story in the middle of it. That's not
3: an easy thing to do. And we mm-hmm. really admire you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks again, Mercedes. Thanks again, Micah. Thank you. Yes, we,
2: um, we're going to jump over and hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back, friends.
1: Okay, so my Macy has been wearing jonas paul eyewear glasses for years now they have been our go-to for glasses and here are the reasons why first of all they are so stylish and adorable she feels confident and beautiful every time she has her glasses on she absolutely loves them they are comfortable with arms that are adjustable to fit her face and to fit behind her ears Jonas Paul Eyewear is affordable. Their prescription glasses start at just $79. That includes prescription lenses, and they currently offer blue light blocking lenses for extra screen time and online protection, which is great right now for all the screen time and online learning that our kids are doing. If you're interested, if your kid needs glasses, You need to head to jonaspauleyewear.com. You can use code theluckyfew15 at checkout and save 15% off just for listening. You're going to thank me and your kid is going to look amazing.
2: All right. Awesome. Abby, thanks one more time for joining us. We are so grateful we had you. Um, to all of our listeners out there, thank you for being here and we want to hear your good news. So leave us a voicemail. You can find our number on our website, or you can share your good news about your loved one with Down syndrome on our Instagram. You can DM us over at the lucky few pod. If you have a product or business that wants to help us shout the word, to people with down syndrome, then we would love to partner with you. So you can email hello at the lucky few for sponsorship opportunities. And we just want to remind you that you can find Abby's podcast and her Instagram on our show notes. So jump over there. If you didn't catch it during the show and we want to give a huge thank you to our editor, Josh Avis To our producer, Val Schleter, to our sponsor, and to all of you who've shared the Lucky Few podcast with friends and who've listened faithfully and shared us on. And also to our Patreons out there. Thank you for supporting us and being along the journey with us. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that you, dear listeners, supporting your loved one with Down syndrome, you are a shouter of worth and a narrative shifter. So keep on keeping on. We are cheering for you. We will see you next week on the Lucky Few Podcast. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Lucky Few Podcasts. Remember to review our show on Apple Podcasts and check us out on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. Lastly, send us your good news by going to the com and sending us a message via text, voicemail, or email. See you next time.